Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and we're happy to get underway. So as I mentioned after our last episode, this week we're going to be talking about the backdoor Roth IRA. This is something as a financial advisor I'm always fielding questions on. It kind of seems like a sexy topic, like perhaps something that uh, only a few people have heard about and there's some convoluted, complex way to get it done and perhaps beat Uncle Sam. Well, let me save the suspense. It's not all that exciting. Uh, It is something that is totally legitimate. The IRS has spoken on it. It's just kind of like a weird quirk within our tax code uh, that some people may find advantageous. So this week, we're going to go over exactly what that is, uh, why even use it in the first place, and how to go about implementing the backdoor Roth IRA if it is right for you. So what I'd like to do is start with the why. You know, why do we even want to do a backdoor Roth? Well, as I often tell people, and you probably heard on this show, I often say, look at investing as like a stool with three legs. So the first leg I like to look at is market risk, all right? Is my choice of where I want to deploy my dollars, is it risky? Is it high risk, high reward, low risk, low reward? Uh, You know, how much growth potential am I getting by moving my dollars into that new investment. The next leg of that stool is liquidity, which is simply your ability to access your money. Is it something that's long-term or short-term? If I need that money quickly, might I pay a penalty or what are some of the consequences in that respect, all right? And then the third leg of the stool is going to be taxes. Now, I'd like to preface, I am not a CPA, Uh, So any of these matters, do please consult your tax advisor with your own personal situation. But certainly taxes can be relevant to a lot of our conversation in financial planning. And that's what we're going to talk about in a moment. So when you think about taxes, we all hate paying them. They say that there's two certainties in life, death and taxes. Taxes is probably one of the biggest wealth eroding factors that we'll always encounter here in America. And there's ultimately three types of ways that you can be taxed on your dollars. The first one is going to be a taxable account. The second one is a tax deferred account. And then the third one would be tax free. So just to explain a little bit of what those mean. Taxable essentially means that you're getting taxed as you go. All right, these could be brokerage accounts or investment accounts where you're used to seeing dividends, interest, or gains get taxed each year. Oftentimes, if you have one of these type of accounts, sometimes referred to as a non-qualified account, this could just be an individual investment account or a transfer on death account. And what happens is at the end of the year, your broker dealer or whoever the custodian is may issue a 1099 tax form. And that 1099 will explain any of the dividends, interest, or capital gains that you accrued within that account. So typically, if you have interest accruing, that just gets added to your ordinary income and you get taxed as such. Now, there are certain situations with municipal bonds or uh, other types of investments where perhaps that will not be taxable, but we're not going to get into that today. Then you have dividends. So perhaps you have mutual funds or you have stocks that declare a dividend in that year. Oftentimes, if it's a qualified dividend, it gets taxed in a more favorable manner, uh, oftentimes like long-term capital gains. And then the third way that these can get taxed is on those capital gains. 
And the way that that works, and I'm summarizing, is if you were to sell that position within a 12-month period since you purchased it, any gain there would just simply be added to your ordinary income and taxed as such. Now, if you held that asset for over 12 months and then sold it for a gain, that's considered a long-term capital gain, uh, which gets taxed typically at a more favorable rate. And now I just want to remind everyone, we're airing this episode here in 2021. And as we all know, I said there's two certainties in life, death and taxes. We could throw in a third one, and that is that politicians are going to change taxes. All right, it's constantly a moving target. So you do want to reevaluate these things as time goes on. But that is a taxable account, folks. Uh, those are three of the most common types of tax consequences you'll have, is interest, dividends, and capital gains. Now, what's the benefit there? You're saying that stinks. I'm putting in post-tax money that I already paid income tax on, and then we're investing, trying to grow it, and I'm getting taxed every year as we go. Well, the benefit, I would say, would be the liquidity aspect if we look at that other leg of the stool. And so what that means is that usually a non-qualified account, you put money in, you invest it, and then if you need to take that money back out, there's usually not much of a penalty uh, depending on the particular investments that you choose uh, versus, let's say, a qualified retirement plan or college plan, something of that nature. All right, so that would be a taxable account. The next one is going to be tax deferred. The most common instance of a tax deferred account would be retirement plans. This could be a 401k, a 403b, uh, an annuity, maybe through your employer, or an IRA, a traditional individual retirement account. So the way that most of these work is that your money goes in pre-tax, and then those investments would grow tax deferred. Notice I'm saying deferred, not tax saved. Uh, and then in the future, when we decide to liquidate them in retirement, now we're going to pay tax on every dollar that exits that account at whatever income tax rate that we are at that point in time. All right, so that's a lot to take in that we need to think about. Number one, we're going in pre-tax. So in a way, I say it's not a tax savings, it's a tax postponement. Okay, we need to be very careful of how that's worded and understand that. Because essentially what we're doing is we're kicking the can down the road. And now as that account grows, hopefully we invest well and it matures and compounds. But in the future, not only are we compounding our investment, we're also compounding an unknown tax liability that in the future we will get you know, hit on by Uncle Sam. So we need to think about that. A nice savings today, perhaps, but it's not a true savings. It's a deferral. And that eventually we're going to have to pay the piper. And when that comes time, it's hopefully on a much larger balance as that's compounded over perhaps decades in a retirement plan. And then we don't know what the tax situation will be in a new administration, let alone 30 or 40 years from today. So there's a lot to think about there and a lot of uncertainty to recognize uh, when we do take that tax deduction on a deferred plan, okay, often a qualified retirement plan that's pre-tax. Now, the third one, tax-free, okay, I know that sounds pretty nice to most of us listeners today. So what tax-free means is we're kind of taking what I just illustrated in a normal retirement plan and flipping it upside down. And what that means is it's a scenario where we'll say, you know what, I'll pay the taxes today on my earnings, 
I'll put my money into that account post-tax. The benefit being that if used correctly, it can be accessed tax-free at a later point in time. All right, so I'm getting tax-free growth and compounding on those assets. All right, so now we're, instead of kicking the can down the road, we're kind of swallowing our medicine today for a long-term benefit. So what would fall in that category of tax-free growth? What vehicles offer that opportunity? I would start first with the most popular and which we'll address today, which is the Roth IRA, okay? Now, just for full disclosure, there are some other vehicles that offer this opportunity, such as a 529 college savings plan, all right, depending on how that's used if for qualified education costs, can work in a similar fashion tax-wise. Then we also have uh, cash value life insurance, depending on how it's structured, it's not what's called a modified endowment contract. The way that cash value can be accessed may be tax-free in some scenarios. Uh, and then there's some other select instances that are very niche, but the most common, I think, would be the Roth IRA. And so what that is, is an individual retirement account, which we're entitled today, 2020, to put in $6,000 post-tax. Right, so we're not getting any break today. If I make hundred grand and I put six into my Roth IRA, well, then I'm still paying ordinary income tax on hundred grand. That 6,000 is a post-tax contribution. It already got taxed. But now when it's in there, if I let it sit for at least five years, and until I'm over the age of 59 and a half, I am then able to access those funds tax-free, irregardless of how much that grew to. So if I did an outstanding job investing over 30 years of my career, and I have this fortune within my Roth IRA, yep, all of that may be accessed tax-free, which is a heck of an advantage, all right? But what I want to get to, our ultimate point of this conversation, is the backdoor Roth. What exactly is that? Let me explain. The Roth IRA, certainly it gives that tax-free growth opportunity, which is pretty cool. However, it may not be for everyone. And why is that? Well, there are, the IRS likes to make all things a little bit complicated. They have income restrictions or limits on who is able to contribute to a Roth IRA. For instance, again, here in 2020, if you file single and you're making over $125,000 a year, all right, your modified adjusted gross income, again, single over 125 grand, you may not be able to contribute to a Roth IRA or you will be phased out of it. Now, if you're married filing jointly and you make over $198,000 a year, now you're, you're restricted as far as how much you could put into a Roth and eventually phased out entirely. And if you're in one of the more unique scenarios where you're married filing separately, again, if your modified adjusted gross income is over just $10,000, you are not able to contribute to the Roth IRA. So I'm sure a lot of you that have been watching or listening so far are saying, hang on a minute, that, it doesn't sound fair. You just teed up what sounds like a pretty cool idea where I can flatten the tax and remove that big uncertainty for when I'm retired 30 years from today, but now you're telling me I can't do it. Well, now we're going to address how maybe you can. Number one, if you have a Roth option on your employer retirement plan, such as the 401k, 403b, etc., if there is a Roth option there, there are no income limits when it comes to employer-sponsored retirement plans, okay? 
So what that means is you can make a million dollars a year and you're still free to put in 19,500 hours into your 401k on a Roth basis. All right, so what that means is when you log into your 401k, you go on the computer here and you say, I wanna contribute 4% of my pay into the 401k plan. Oftentimes in today's uh, world, there will be an option where you can click pre-tax or the contribution can go in Roth. So if you click Roth, now the money's going in post-tax and growing tax-free like we just discussed. All right, so pretty cool. And no income caps to worry about or anything funky there. But maybe you don't have that option through your employer or your company doesn't have a 401k even to begin with. Uh, there's a lot of scenarios where perhaps that doesn't apply to you. Or maybe you have that, but you want to do even more. That's where the backdoor Roth IRA will come back into the fold. So what exactly this is, just to give you the short of it, is usually you would create a IRA, okay, from scratch, a traditional individual retirement account. And now you're going to put money in there. All right, so you take it out of your checking or your savings account. It's already been taxed. And then you deposit that into your traditional IRA. However, you are not going to take an income tax deduction on that. All right, that is what they call a non-deductible IRA contribution. To do this, you'll often file a form 8606, which just declares that in that year you contributed X amount of dollars as a non-deductible IRA contribution. All right, so when you did that, no tax consequence. That's what that means. Now that money settles into that IRA, perhaps $6,000 this year, you maxed it out under the age of 50, that's what you could do. And once that money hits that account and it's sitting there in a money market or a checking account in the IRA, you immediately do a Roth conversion, right? Which means that you convert that $6,000 into a Roth IRA, all right? Now there is no income limit on doing a Roth conversion. So that's what a backdoor Roth IRA is, folks. You're essentially doing a two-step two process uh, to get your money into a Roth IRA when perhaps you're over those income restrictions that we had just mentioned, All right? So again, non-deductible contribution to the IRA and then converting from the traditional IRA into the Roth IRA and now you're free to go. Go ahead and invest that money. And again, as long as that's been there for over five years and after the age of 59 and a half, no matter what it grew to, that's all your money. We've eliminated the investment partner here in Uncle Sam, all right? So pretty cool opportunity there uh, with the backdoor Roth. Now, a quick footnote that I do want to mention on this is if your IRA, the traditional IRA, is not started from scratch, perhaps it was a rollover from another account or you've contributed to that in past years and there's some money already sitting in there. And you say, all right, well, I want to follow what I heard on the Kaderna podcast. I'll put six grand in my traditional IRA and get that ready for a backdoor Roth or a conversion, okay? What's going to happen is when you pull that $6,000 out to convert, it's not like you get to cherry pick that non-deductible amount that you put in there. What's going to happen is there's what's called aggregation rules where it's a pro rata distribution when you make the conversion. What that means is that you have 6,000 in there post-tax, but let's say you already had 20,000 in there that was pre-tax. You don't get to just pull out the six grand that's post-tax. What'll happen is the IRS is going to assume or look at it as if you took out 
a portion post-tax, but then also a proportionate amount to that value that was pre-tax, okay? So that's where it can get hairy and you wanna be very careful because when you do that conversion, you're going to get hit with income tax on a portion of whatever was converted there, all right? So what that essentially means in simple terms is it's a cleanest transaction, if you will, if you're starting an IRA from scratch and then converting just that year's contribution over into the Roth IRA. So you can essentially do it without tax consequence, okay? So you do wanna be very careful with that. Some people, uh, if they're not paying attention or they're not keeping good record keeping, they may get blindsided and say, hang on, I didn't take money out of my IRA. How come I'm getting this 1099R at the end of the year that's saying I'm getting taxed and so on and so forth? Well, that may be why. You may have had other pre-tax accounts out there uh, that were aggregated into that conversion, okay? Again, something to talk about with your accountant or whomever is uh, preparing your tax return. All right, so I hope that that was helpful. I know it is a little bit complex on the surface, but when you actually take a look at it, ultimately it's a two-step process that you just have to be compliant with, and it can allow you to have a Roth IRA growing tax-free, irregardless of what your income situation may be, okay? And now going back to the why, why would we even consider that little bit of a headache in the first place? Well, we don't know what taxes will be in the next couple years, as I mentioned earlier, we certainly don't know what they'll be 20, 30, maybe 40 years from today. So if right out the gates today, we can eliminate one of the biggest wealth eroding factors on that little bit of money that you've put to work and now get tax-free compounding for decades, that may be worth way more value than we can just illustrate on some statement. So perhaps the backdoor Roth IRA is something you should start considering. Thank you again for turning in to the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Please keep uh, listening, spreading the good word, leaving a review, and we look forward to helping you on your journey towards wealth, a better state of well-being. We'll see you next week. The Kaderna Podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not provide tax, legal, social security, student loan, mortgage, or real estate advice. Listeners should contact their own tax, accounting, or legal advisors, or the social security department in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Pass. 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities, product services, and advisory services are offered through Pass, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Nine 973-244-4420. Financial representative, the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Pass is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance, LLC, are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Pass or Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance, LLC, a general agency of Guardian. Pass is a member of FINRA, SIPC. California Insurance License Number, OK04194. Content of the Kaderna Podcast is copyright of Brian M. Kaderna, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the content in any form is prohibited without prior permission from the Kaderna Podcast. The views and opinions expressed herein may not be those of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Guardian does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of, of the information or opinions presented herein. Any third-party materials referenced cannot be endorsed or verified by Guardian and are used as the opinion of the author. Guardian, its subsidiaries or affiliates do not provide or issue or advise for mortgages. This material contains the current opinions of the author, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice.